0: Hello, listeners. So, this is bonus episode 16, CU Jazz Festival. So, if you're listening to this now, on the day that it's released, go online and check out all of the great events. I have links in the show notes about where to find the events, where to buy tickets, where to go, and when to go. So, do it now. Go now. I'll I'll wait. I'll be here. Don't worry. Okay, and we're back. I chatted with the Artistic Director, Janelle Orcherton, about the CU Jazz Festival. Janelle and I met up on the steps of the Cranert Center for Performing Arts with the sound of buses and wind and the excitement of the upcoming Jazz Festival. So enjoy this episode with Janelle Orcherton, Artistic Director for the CU Jazz Fest. this is champagne is also a band podcast one songwriter one song i'm sven your host for a journey into the music of champagne urbana recorded in the blue box studio with a songwriter from the champagne urbana music scene past or present champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the champagne showers podcast network Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast Today I have Janelle Orcherton Who is the artistic director For the CU Jazz Festival Which is When this comes out will be beginning today, which is October 14th. So, get out there, find it, and get to the show. Mm-hmm. Janelle, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. This is great.
0: How long has the CU Jazz Fest been around?
1: Well, this will be our seventh year, actually. Excellent. So, we started in 2015 uh, with just a day and a half, barely, of programming, and it was really great. Really, I wouldn't say really successful, but it went well, and people were there, and it was, I had a fun time, so I thought we should do it again.
0: Yeah, so so like basically is as, as good as any inaugural event can yeah, go you exactly. know getting the word out is probably one of the most difficult parts and mm-hmm. then as it as it does better and people get to see more and more things they look forward to it next year mm-hmm. so actually this is a weird question but is there a pattern to when it comes around every year. Is it the second weekend or is it like the third weekend? Or how does that how does that land? That's a good
1: question. We have so many festivals in town, right? So we sort of squish ourselves. It's always October, yeah. And then we sort of squish ourselves in between Pygmalion, El Nora, Homecoming, and Folken and Roots. Gotcha. So usually there's one or two Saturdays in there in October that isn't that. Okay. So we kind of yeah. you know we kind of share. We we try to talk amongst ourselves if possible I know Elnora and Pygmalion are earlier Mm -hmm. but you you know we don't want to like be at the same time homecoming's a big deal we don't want to try to plan anything during that nothing official anyway Um, so yeah we're always in October and when is uh always a fun time figuring out have
0: you been involved from the very beginning
1: I have okay founding founding member I guess yeah Yeah. absolutely
0: how did you become involved how was it started?
1: I used to live in Canada. I lived in Saskatchewan, the big rectangle one in the middle. We always had... A lot of summertime jazz festivals and it was a town kind of the same size as this with a very different university population there's still a school there and it was surprising to me that a town like this with such a big university crowd and such a thriving performing arts center wouldn't have a jazz festival we have a sweet corn festival we've everything and then when I got here when I was doing my schooling in jazz I was surprised so I thought well let's see if this works let's see if anyone would care and we've kind of gone from there okay
0: Well, since you brought it up, I'm curious, what what did you study in terms of jazz? Was it jazz performance, composition?
1: Uh, uh, Here I did my master's of jazz performance on saxophone.
0: Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent. Let's just talk about the initial stages. So how did you find a bunch of like-minded individuals in order to... Tell me a little bit about how that all began. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it started off with just me, actually. Okay. So I basically... How do you start these sort of things? I guess right. you find a place to go. That's usually the uh-huh. first thought of where can we do this or who would be interested in having it. And then what can we do in there? Sometimes they'll sort of go together. I have this band. They'd be great in this kind of space. But So it's sort of a of of those two things and especially at the first beginnings it was like what can we sort of piece together now that people sort of know what happens and they know who I am because this was also when I was first here so not a lot of people knew who I was or like mm. trusted that it was going to go well yeah. or go at all so now it's a little bit easier in that way but yeah I guess that's sort of the first the that first year that was the first steps and then finding partners whether that's again the spaces or right. promoters and then a lot you know lots with budget how do yeah. we find money to pay musicians it's important to me that the musicians get paid and yeah. um, so how do we make that work is it through direct sponsors is it through community sponsors is it through I don't know. However we can get that to work is how we do it.
0: If someone were interested in attending, is it like a festival pass that they buy, or do they buy individual tickets to each of the shows, or how does that
1: work? Yeah, we don't have a festival pass as of yet. Maybe that's something we'd consider in the future. Our programming generally doesn't overlap. It's not like we usually have, like... Everyone comes to this one location all day So because of that It's usually per thing Or per venue So like if we have For instance this year We have two shows on Friday night At the same place So that's one ticket You can stay for the whole night It's also important to me that our programming is accessible, so we try to have as many free or low-cost shows as possible. And sometimes festival passes may seem intimidating, or like, I just want a little piece of that. And so it's like, I'd rather people come for the little thing. If that's the only thing they want, or they're just testing it out, then they can kind of do it that way.
0: And I noticed that the opening night party is over at 133 West Main Street in Urbana. Mm -hmm. And is that where you always have the opening party? No. Okay. No, uh,
1: that's actually a brand new space Normally we have, in the past We've had a, f- a fun time doing an opening night party Actually at Cranert. Okay. We partner with them with their Thursday night uncorked Is often where we've had it before right. So it's great, people can come in Two years ago, when we were all used to doing things In yeah. big spaces We actually had a nice parade So we actually went through the quad We had a Samba group parade us in Wonderful. As part of our fifth year anniversary party So that was great, we had a little banner And uh-huh. we brought everyone in But this year, because we weren't sure if Cranert was going to be doing that. And, you know, things are sort of in flux a lot. But to me, it's always nice to have a little bit of a, not soft opening, but like a, hey, we're doing yeah. it, come hang. Yeah. And that space is a brand new space in Urbana. Okay. Another thing that I like to do, or I find myself doing, is finding these sort of... Maybe unused or new or non-standard places. I'm not sure if they're officially open yet, but I contacted them and they were willing to, to host us. So it's going to be nice. a fun, casual, sort of like like a come-and-go tea, but at night and with jazz and music. So Excellent. Yeah,
0: yeah. and uh, it looks like the Rose Bowl is going to be a venue for this as well. And Rose Bowl from bonus episode 15 mm-hmm. uh, that was just released about two weeks ago. Go by the time this comes out is a wonderful venue and always open to every style of music and and whatever is available and also it looks like they're the first Presbyterian Church is that in Urbana it's or? in Champaign. oh oh okay yep in it's Champaign. just off
1: of the southbound one way in Champaign. so that's another space we reached out to them yeah. and they were interested in having some having a new type of event over there
0: excellent mm-hmm. and and also the newly opened I believe the library book bar yes and the campaign public library and where would you recommend people look up the locations is, is would that be a good spot would it be facebook or
1: well we try to have all the places covered so if you're on facebook it should be there uh, our information for our events are there and then we've hopefully ideally cross posted to all yeah. those locations you mentioned so if you're interested in the roseball programming and you find you're on that page. They should have that information okay. too. So it should be linked across. You can also Google CU Jazz Fest, okay. and then it should pop up yeah. our page, so people can see that there.
0: One of the exciting things, I, well, I think is pretty cool, and I I hope, I hope crossing fingers that I can be back in time for this, is the Seven Saints Jazz Lunch. Oh yeah, a brunch. Brunch, sorry. yeah, jazz, jazz brunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, how did that come about, or is that is, is that something that traditionally you've done in the past
1: yeah it's actually become a, a festival favorite actually oh and we didn't do it our first year but uh, shortly after that i forget how it started or like how we came up with it i think again i was inspired by a trip i had taken somewhere and it was like this was a thing everyone did there and i was surprised we didn't have one here yeah. i mean there's lots of brunches and places you yeah. can go which is fun but it was sort of like why not ease into the sunday with some music who's playing for the jazz brunch or that'll be uh matthew miller Who's the vibraphonist? Okay, um, his picture is on the event. Matthew Miller, okay. and then his duo partner's gonna be Brian Stark.
0: Okay, well, it's yep. just funny because there's there's uh, there's uh, croissants. Oh, as there's a, a croissant picture, photo. So. Excellent. Well, <laughs> so I should put his face like, on there. Just just put a little you know vibraphone yeah, in front exactly. of that croissant. A little
1: googly eyes <laughs> yes. on the croissant.
0: <laughs> Are you playing in in any of the groups?
1: I'm not sure. I have played in the past. Okay. Sometimes people ask me, like, "Oh, was this a way to like get your band to play?" It's like, actually, no. I've only played a couple times, which was great fun. Yeah. And I'd love to do some more. There's a couple shows on the Sunday afternoon at the Rose Bowl. There's the U of I Big Band, the concert band, which is playing, and then we're ending the night with the Iron Post Jazz Orchestra. So okay. I might be playing with the jazz orchestra. Okay waiting to waiting Excellent. to hear back about that.
0: Is there anybody that you're excited to see perform?
1: Hmm, people always ask me that. I'm excited about all of it, I would say. I mean, I try to pick groups that if no one else goes, at least I'll have a fun time, you okay. know? I'm not that I don't think anyone will come. I guess. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see the Claudettes. They're playing Friday night. Excellent. They're a group from Chicago. They have a new record coming out. I think everyone has a new record coming out this yeah. year. But they're on a tour, uh, so okay. I think that'll be fun. It's nice to hear groups from out of town sometimes. Yeah. This year, I would say we have more local groups than out-of-towners. So some years, it's pretty split, but this year, it's, a, it's quite a heavy local focus that was important to me this year especially since everything's been closed and it's important to you know support local musicians and really build where you live um so that was an important feature but you know i'm excited to hear the cloudettes anything
0: else you'd like to tell people about the cu jazz festival
1: Well, you can find us on all the usual places, social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. We're trying to be pretty active there. So if you have questions, it's a good place to reach us. You can email us, cujazzfest at gmail.com. So pretty easy.
0: Excellent. Google
1: the same thing. You'll find us there. I've had some more requests about how people can submit their bands to play. And this year, actually, quite a few people. I would say this year we're full. (laughs) So thank you for the requests. But if people are interested and want to play in the future, send us your information and we'll, we'll try to reach out. Excellent. We are thinking about doing some springtime programming. Great. This was in the works for February, March of 2020. So, oh. you know, like everyone, we sort of went, okay, we'll try this again later. You know, put a bug in people's ear about it. We're thinking about some community programming, some partnerships for the springtime. What that'll look like, I have no idea, hmm. but we're thinking about it.
0: Excellent. Plans for the future, just like expanding, or or do you, do you feel like this is a good size for the for the CU Jazz Fest.
1: Yeah, I always have lots of things I'd like to try. We'd love to do a partnership with Cranert somehow, whether that's we both pool our budgets and get someone or, I don't know, I mean, I think that would be great. I teach an adult class at Ollie, and we were talking a little bit about ballet and jazz and there Mm -hmm. was some talk of, I don't know, seeing how that could work. I mean, I'm, I'm open for all sorts of ideas if people want to yeah. pitch an idea. In terms of days, I think four full days is usually pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, but, I just figured yeah. That, yeah. You know,
1: some springtime programming. There's all sorts of ways we could work in the community and keep jazz humming along all year. Yeah.
0: So, for those that may not know, you mentioned Ollie. Yeah. And just, just so people know that, I think, uh, is that, oh, sure, Lifelong Learning Institute. Yep. Is that's that, that's exactly right. Did I miss anything? Right. I was like, is there an E? No, but, no. No. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's through the U of I. Let me just throw something out I've been asking everybody like to ruminate on is like what makes a good music scene or community as, mm. as we've gone through the pandemic and like really realized that being able to go to live events and being around other human beings and being able to experience things together is is something that most people didn't realize they needed, but mm-hmm. when we weren't able to experience it, you could feel the the, the hole yep. of not having it. So I guess I like to ask, what makes a good music scene? What makes a good community? Mm-hmm. In, in, you know, since music is the thing that, that can kind of bind everybody together.
1: Yeah, it can be... As simple as saying, like, we need to have supporters, so that could be butts and seats, that could be venues, that could be funders, but I think it's sort of actually sort of like a layers that could make it really work. You can have a thousand venues and no one's playing at them, or you can have too many bands and not enough venues, right? So you sort of need to have a good approach to all of it. So I Mm -hmm. think that means for me, that would mean dedicated spaces for art or music and art. So that could mean a black box space. I think if we make a a space for artists or musicians to, do stuff they'll Mm -hmm. get real creative about it rather than this is the jazz club or this is the folk club i think if we have a space for people to go generally it's going to get used and and utilized in maybe more ways than you could come up with Mm -hmm. and then you know so a a space or an area or however you want to word that a locale a home and then some dedicated funding for that so that could be whether a co-op mentality uh sponsorships or funding I think state funding is important I think local city funding is important but then also buy in from the people that go so you know sustaining memberships if that's sort of the function that you're looking for but some sort of like visceral way that the artists uh, know I'm doing this and this is important and it's appreciated by the community rather than here's my sparkly new thing and people right. are going to see that mm-hmm. and then that's you know there's there's got to be room for growth and like strange making of things and then yeah. also a product you know yeah. and I think that that can create good for both parties
0: it's interesting to think about how many venues are of a particular type or of a particular leaning and it's Mm -hmm. like nice to see places like the iron post and the rose bowl opening up and being available for other venues that maybe most people would i don't know i i wouldn't expect someone to say like how do i want to say this like If they aren't expecting to go out and hear jazz, but they end up going to the Rose Bowl or they end up going to the Iron Post, they may end up experiencing jazz because they're there. And I think that that's kind of that odd happenstance of people being able to hear something that maybe they haven't heard before is is always such a great opportunity. So I really like those cross-genre... Venues and those that are willing to open their doors to all sorts of different types of music. So
1: yeah, yeah. I've, I'm not sure. I'm the Iron Post is yeah, no longer in its original form, but you know, there's talk of it being something sometime. Whatever right. that means.
0: Yeah, I would find it difficult for someone to pick up the reins on on that and not choose to kind of pursue that similar vibe.
1: If yeah, I hope. Yeah, yeah I, ho- I hope so. It was definitely a loss. I mean. You know, I think, yeah, it was just sad, just sad overall. But yeah, yeah that space sort of needs to be a, a place for making, creating of some kind. You know, excellent. Yeah, you can put in all new chairs and paint it up, and we'll we'll come in and play. I think that's the thing. Musicians will play if you give them a chance; they'll make it. They'll make it work. Yeah. We've all played in radi- some ridiculous places, <laughs> so you know.
0: Yeah, the the four foot stage. You yeah. Know, like in the corner. Like yep. you, you got a stand up piano and you've got, you know.
1: Support. Yeah. Yeah. It's that old cheek to cheek reference, right? right. Everyone's <laughs> standing close, close together.
0: Excellent. Well, Janelle, thank you for coming out and or, or meeting up with me and mm-hmm. uh, chatting with me about the CU Jazz Fest, which is happening October 14th through the 17th. Mm-hmm. And um, find them on all the social media platforms and everywhere else i'll put links in the show notes so go ahead and check those out but thank you so much
1: great thanks for having me thank you for listening to champagne is also a band podcast this is janelle orcherton reminding you great music is out there go find it where you live
0: rap You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good. Blue <laughs> <laughs> Studio Peter, on the Internet